If you've got your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. And I want to begin in verse 1. It tells us here, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak, speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Piahiroth, between Mig- Migdal and the sea. Over against Baal Zephon, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For, the, for Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden the heart, or I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored unto Pharaoh and upon all of his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and that the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all of the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out on an high hand. And, but the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Parahiroth before Balzaphon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because they were, there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show unto you this today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. And the children, and I mean, and the Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I behold... And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians that they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And it says, and the angel of the God went 
which went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And that'll be all that I want to read right now. But this is the story in Exodus chapter 14 that you're going to find about the children of Israel just coming out of Egypt. How many knows that the Bible says that they were in camped in Egypt or they were in bondage in Egypt for 400 years is what the promise that God had given to Abraham whenever they got ready to take and be put under bondage. How many knows, but Egypt to me, it speaks to me of different types of things that the Bible lets us see about. To me, Egypt is a bondage place. Not only is it a bondage place, but it's a broken place. To me, it speaks to me of a beating place. To me, it speaks of a barbarous place, a brutal place, a bruising place, a battered place, a bashing place, and a busting place. All of these things is going on to the children of Israel as they're in Egypt. How many knows this is not the place that God had ordained for them to be? He meant for them to be in a land that the Bible says that he promised uh, uh, Moses before they ever went. He said, I'm going to bring these people out of Egypt uh, and I'm going to bring them into a land of promise that is flowing with milk and honey. The Bible lets us know that Egypt is not the place that God's people was ever designed to be in. And I know tonight without a shadow of a doubt uh, that the world is not the place for God's people to actually be in. How many knows uh, we ain't striving to live out there, we're striving to get up yonder. Uh, how many knows that that's the promise that's been given to us as, as children of God, that this is just a, a resting place that we're going to be while we're here on this earth. Uh, but how many knows that while we're here on this earth, uh, that we can take and let our souls get into a place uh, that is just like these children of Israel, uh, that we find ourselves, that we're, we're, we feel, feel like that we're in a bond place that we feel like that we're bound up but how many knows that there's a God that I'm telling you about tonight that I know that can help set us free he's a God that took and he parted that red sea that we'll find out on into this chapter where they walked over on dry ground he's the same God that we serve even now in this day he's not the God of yesterday he's not the God of just tomorrow but he's the God of even tonight and today how many he knows and we serve a mighty big God uh, and this God that, that I'm speaking about tonight he tells Moses uh, I love what he begins to tell Moses uh, he begins to tell him he says you tell the people uh, that they ain't got no reason to cry because the Egyptians that is on their tail uh, when I get through with them uh, they're going to know that I'm the God of heaven uh, how many knows that when the devil looks uh, on up yonder through history time and time uh, he knows that there's a place coming that he's got prepared for him but while he takes and he gets ready to go there what is he trying to do? He's trying to grab all that he can but I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus came to set us free. He came to set us free. Hallelujah. But you see in verses 1 through 4 that God begins to take and speak to the children of Israel to take and go to a certain place. He tells them, he says, go over 
to uh, and encamp before Pyahiroth and Migdal out over the sea. And he says, uh, this is the place that I want you to go to. Uh, and I began to just uh, let my mind contemplate. And I wanted to look up what these places was. Uh, I began to kind of study it out. Uh, and, and, and before Pyahiroth, uh, it is the mouth of gorges, uh, the place of sound, uh, the place of speech, uh, the place of spoken and talk. Talk and word. What are you trying to say? Uh, it's the place of voices. Uh, what do you mean by this? Uh, when you begin to go for God, let me tell you something. Uh, when you get ready and mind, make your mind up to go for God, I don't know about y'all, but there's voices that begin to just begin to tell you that it's the wrong move to make. It was for me. It begins to tell you that that's a crazy decision. I mean, look at where God tells them to go. He tells them to take and leave Egypt and go to this place. And when they get there, they're standing with a Red Sea in front of them and an army behind them. They can't go left and right or behind and they can't go forward. What are you trying to tell us? That God sends us to impossible places? I'm trying to tell you that sometimes the impossible places that you come to God will make a way when it seems impossible. What did he do for the children of Israel? He parted the Red Sea and said, just go forward. He's not expecting you to go back. He's not expecting you to take and go left and right. He says, go forward. I don't care if he don't part that water. He can do you just like he did Peter. Cause you to walk on the water. That's the God that we serve. Nothing can stand in his path. He can't be drowned. He'll just walk on it. You can't bury him. He'll come out of it. You can't do nothing to my Jesus that he can't see himself through. Hallelujah. But he tells them, it speaks to me that it's not just an easy ride. That's the place of speaking voices. Brother Lynn, it's, it says that on both sides of them, is Migdal. It's a tower. So they're surrounded by all of these voices and towers on each side. Looks impossible to make it, don't it? But ain't that the Jesus that we serve? Ain't that the Jesus that we serve? The enemy takes and 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 is behind them. Not only is the voices speaking to them, the towers around them, but Balzathon is the secret dark hidden places. That's what it means when you look it up in the Strongs. It means the secret dark hidden places. All these places are surrounding them and around them, and, 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 and it's there to take them under. There's nothing, I mean, that's, that's what it's there for. But God warns them. And takes them there. Why? Why? I believe because he wanted to prove to them that he is bigger and can defeat those places if we just let them. What do you mean defeat these places? I'm talking about defeat these places of these enemy voices that come into your mind that tells you that life ain't worth living. People every day suffer through that. Things that tell you is serving God really worth it. Has it really been worth it to take and serve God all of these years? What has it gotten you and where has it gotten you? I mean, 
hey, am I the only one that battles that? Am I the only one that battles the voices that just want to speak against your mind and come warring against you? And it seems like from the moment you wake up. Uh, but you know what I found out? Uh, I found out that when I picked this up, uh, that the, the voices that is cluttering my mind, uh, that there's a voice uh, that's greater than all the other voices. Uh, and what do you mean by this? Uh, it's the voice of Christ uh, and the Word of God. Uh, it can speak out to any voices that come against your mind uh, and come against your heart. All you've got to do is knock the dust off of it and get it out of the drawer and open it up and begin to read. Hey, I've been guilty of it myself. It just sounds so sweet hearing that voice, hearing them voices sometimes that tells me just go on back to sleep and hit the snooze for five more minutes. But you know what? When I began to find myself fighting them voices off and began to open that word of God, I find out my day goes smoother. I find out my day goes better. I find out that my wife ain't wanting to fight me and push me around. I find out that all these things really make a difference is serving God. What do you mean by this brother? I'm here to tell you that there's nothing sweeter than the voice of God. But I believe that God took and he wanted to show them these places were defeatable. So that way that they can see that not only is He a God of deliverance, but He's the God that can help carry them through. Hey, I read one time by some commentator, I don't know who it was, can't remember. But I read a commentator who said that this journey from out of Egypt to get into the promised land was an 11-day journey. Now, I may be wrong on that. That may not be right. Brother Jay, if I'm wrong, you can just tell me after service. I don't know. But, but I read where it's an 11-day journey. What do you mean? 11 days wound up being 40 years in the wilderness. Ain't that something? All because they could not conquer this place of Migdal, Belzephon, and all these three places that I've just mentioned. I'm trying to say tonight that we can make it. Because there's already been one who's made it. And his name is Jesus. But not only do I see the place of the speaking tower. I mean the, the place of speaking and the standing tower. And the sea and the secret dark hidden places. But to go back would be brother... Brother Chris would be go, to go back into slavery. You see, there's no reason to go back. What did, what did, what did, who was it? Peter that looked at Jesus and told him, where can we go back to? He said, for you're the son of God. I'm here to tell you tonight, it's not worth going back. It's not worth going back. But look at verses 5 through 10. You're going to find where... It's Pharaoh taken and coming. I'm trying to hurry just for time's sake. You're going to find verses 5 through 10 is the Pharaoh coming after the children of Israel just as God just got through promising in verses 1 through 4. You're going to find that the Pharaoh decides to get his army back together and, 
and decides that he's going to take and go back and get the people and bring them back into captivity, is that not just like the devil? Is that not just like the enemy wanting to take and he sees you get free, he sees you take off running for God and the first thing he does is he goes and gets all those that used to be your friends and try to take and find out and come back after you and, and, and he's want, what is he wanting to do? He's wanting to bring them back to build his kingdom. But what does verses 11 through 14 show us to me? It, it begins to show us that, that, that God begins to stand up for the people. He begins to take and, and, and Moses begins to shout out in verses 14 the Lord shall fight for you uh, and you shall hold your peace uh, he begins to stand up with a word to give to the people uh, what do you mean by this preacher I'm telling you tonight uh, that there is a, a voice that can stand up in your inner inside uh, and his name is Jesus uh, and he says to go back is to go back into slavery but to take and go forward uh, is to walk in freedom and to walk in my spirit uh, I'm here to say tonight that Jesus is the author and the finisher. Is that not right? He's the one who takes and helps us to make it through. The people take and they begin in verses 11 through 14, they begin to accuse Moses of wanting to put them into a casket pretty much, of killing them. But verses 14 and 15, like I said, what does it say? The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? He said, Speak unto the children of Israel that they just go forward. He said, Just move. This to me speaks of the proclamation of prayer. Brother, Brother Lynn, it's the, it's the public and official announcement, especially one that is dealing with a great and important declaration of something that is fixing to happen. He tells them, he says, uh, Moses, I want you to take, and, and, and this is what's so amazing to me. When I begin to read this, Brother Johnny, I, I begin to find out that God tells Moses, he says, Moses, why are you crying? Why are you crying? Just get up and go. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with prayer, by no means. I believe in prayer. I believe prayer works. I believe prayer is what we need. But you know, there's some things that we just don't need to pray about. I heard, I believe it was Brother Joe Arthur who said in a message not long ago, and one of the messages that I just heard him recently, he said that you don't have to pray and ask God if you should read your Bible. You shouldn't have to ask God and pray and ask God if you should just get up in the morning and pray to Him. It's just something that we do. And I believe that when he took and he brought these children of Israel to this Red Sea, he didn't bring them there to leave them and strand them. He brought them there for a reason and for a purpose. And his purpose was what I said a few minutes ago. It was to show his power and to declare his glory. But God was saying to Moses, I believe you've prayed, but I've already told you what to do. He says, Moses, just do what I told you to do. Let's do this. Let's do this. Where do you see this at? Well, you're going to find out. Moses done made a proclamation in verses 13. He tells the people, he says, fear not and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He's done made the proclamation right there. 
Brother Jay, he's done took and he's done stood up and he's done said what God was going to do. But then he goes right back after making this declaration and he begins to cry out to God. It's kind of like an oxymoron, wouldn't you say? He, he tells the people what, the, what God is fixing to do, but then yet he goes and he, he begins to pray for God to do something. Uh, ain't that just like what we do? Uh, we know the Word of God. We know the promises of God. Uh, we read the promises with the yay, yays and the nay nays uh, we know exactly what God is going to do uh, but yet we go to God even after we know what he's going to do and we still ask God to do it uh, but ain't you grateful and thankful that there's a God in heaven uh, who doesn't hold it to us uh, who knows that we're just human and we're going to fail uh, and we're, that's just the way we are uh, and God what does he do he don't just take and beat Moses up uh, he tells him he says Moses uh, why are you crying uh, let's do something what are you trying to tell us tonight? I'm trying to tell us tonight, let's just do something for God. Let's go do something for God. What are we going to do? We're going to take and we're going to begin to tell the world about who Jesus is, about what he can do for them, and about what he can do for us. What is the greatest thing that we can do for others is tell them about Jesus. Just tell them about Jesus. Not only do I see the proclamation of prayer, but I see the proclamation of praise. Where do you see this at? Look at verses 16. He tells Moses, he says, Lift up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. The proclamation of praise is is when he tells Moses, he says, Just stretch out your hand. It's a type of praise, y'all. It's a type of praise. And he's telling Moses after he tells him, after Moses begins to give him his prayer, now he tells Moses, he says, now to give me your praise. Just give me your praise. There's some some verses in the Bible that I wrote down that I just want us to see about praise. Psalms 28 and verses 2 tells us, Hear the sublimation of uh, hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands towards thy holy oracle. He says in Psalm sixty three and verses four, Thus will I bless thee while I live, and I will lift up my hands in thy name. Psalms one nineteen and verses forty eight says, My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Lamentations 3 and 44, 41, I mean, tells us, Lift up your hearts with our hands unto the God, unto God in the heavens. Moses, I believe to me, when God is speaking to him and telling him to lift up his rod, he has given him a type of praise. You don't see it in many Baptist churches, but you know it's all right to lift up your hands and just praise God every once in a while. Is that not right? It's all right to just take and just lift up your hands and say, God, I worship you and I praise you. Hey, I do it when I'm on my knees at home by myself. If you were to record me, you'd probably think I'm a lunatic, but you know, it's just something that it's just, just something I like to do. 
do. I, I just like to lift up my hands and just begin. It's, to me, it's almost like a type of surrender. It's almost like a type of, what do you mean a type of surrender? Well, you know what they do when they say uh, uh, a cop comes up to you and pulls a gun out on you, Brother Chris? He says, get up your hands. Uh, it's a type of saying, I just give it all to you, Jesus. Uh, and I believe that when God was speaking to Moses, uh, Brother Lynn, he was saying, lift up your hands and stretch out thy rod. Uh, and he says, I'm going to give you something to praise me about. Uh, I'm here to tell you tonight, uh, if you ain't got nothing to praise God about, uh, you need to re-examine your life and you begin. You need to take uh, and you need to re-examine the things that God has done for you. Uh, it'll put up a shout in your voice. Uh, it'll cause you to want to say, uh, yes, there's a God in heaven that I serve. Uh, I cannot deny it. Uh, he's been the one who's been too good to me uh, for me to say that he ain't real. Uh, I'm here to tell you tonight uh, that Moses, he took uh, and he began to praise God uh, and things began to change in his situation. Uh, and what, what happened? What changed? Uh, I'm here to tell you what happened. Uh, there was a sea that was parted. Uh, how can you get anything greater than that in their situation? Uh, there was a sea that parted open uh, and thought the Bible says that they didn't walk over on muddy ground, uh, but they walked over on dry ground. Uh, not only did he part the sea, uh, but he dried the ground up. Uh, that's the God that we serve. Uh, he ain't going to put nothing in your path uh, to cause you to mar up uh, and to take and get stuck. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, he wants you to go forward. Uh, he wants you to keep moving. Uh, he wants you to take and say uh, that I serve uh, a great big God. Uh, I serve a mighty God. Uh, I serve a mighty God. So let's just take and praise them and let them take us forward through the impassable places. You know, there's a song. I don't know if y'all listen to Casting Crowns or not, but I don't really know if I listen to them much anymore. Some of their newer stuff I don't really care for, but a lot of their older songs, there was a lot of them that really spoke truth to me whenever I first got saved, and I just, a lot of their songs really spoke to me. But I remember years ago that there was, there was some situations that I was going through, me and my wife, and I remember one day I was driving down the road, and there was a song by Casting Crowns that I will praise you in this storm. You know, it's hard to praise God in the midst of a storm. It's easy to praise God when everything's going good. That's easy to praise God. But when the flood waters is coming against you, when the storms is rising up, and the waters and the waves is coming against you, it's hard to praise God. Maybe you got a halo over your head and them horns is holding it up and you just don't know it. But for me, it's hard to praise God in the midst of a situation sometimes. It's hard. But the song says... I will praise you in this storm, and I will lift up my hands. For you are who you are, no matter where I am. And every tear I've cried, you hold in your hand. You never left my side. And though my heart is torn, I will praise you in this storm. That verse of song right there in that, just that little short verse right there that they sung, began to help me to see God 
is worthy to be praised in the midst of a storm. It's hard to tell a child, well, it's easy to tell your child when you're whipping them that this hurts more me more than it hurts you. The child don't understand it. But we as parents, we know that it hurts to whip your child. And I'm not saying every storm we go through is a spanking or a whipping from God, but I believe that it hurts God's heart more than it hurts us when we go through a storm. I don't believe he's sitting up there with his hands crossed and his, holding his verbal suspenders and saying, yeah, you'll listen next time. No, 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 no. I don't believe that. I believe that he just allows us to go through the storm because he knows that when we get over the other side, we're going to have a testimony that's going to be greater than the one that we had while we were on this side. What do you mean by this? Well, to me, all the ten plagues of Egypt that come against Egypt is amazing. There ain't no doubt about it that God wasn't in the midst of them. But I'm here to tell you tonight, you part of sea, and that's a miracle above miracles to me. That is something that is amazing to me. He could do all these things, and yet he takes and he parts that sea. Why didn't he just build a bridge, build an ark out there, do something? But he decided he was going to part it. Why? So that way when they got on the other side, they could tell others how big their God was. How big their God was. Not only do you see the proclamation of praise, and I'm going to close with my third point and but you see the proclamation of power. The proclamation of power. You, sorry. You're going to find it in verse 17. I, I don't know what that thing, that, my stupid thing. It'll do that all the time. Verses 17, you're going to find the proclamation of power. And he says, And I behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. Verses 17 and 18, you're going to find the proclamation of power. What do you mean by the proclamation of power? The power is the power of God of who he is. You see... He took and he began to tell Moses, he says, Moses, I want you to praise me. After, you, after Moses cried out to God and prayed to God, he said, Moses, I want you to praise me. But when you get over yonder, he says, when you get ready to cross over, he said, the Egyptians and the enemy that you see, I'm going to show you how powerful I really am. He says, the Egyptians that you see, you will not see them anymore after this day. What are you trying to tell us tonight, preacher? I'm trying to tell you that when you decide to pray and when you decide to praise God, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God begins to show you who his power is. He begins to show you just how powerful and just how mighty he can be in your life. I'm not talking about just physically parting no red seas in, your, in front of your eyes, but I'm here to tell you that I believe that there's a God who can stop the voices that come against us. I believe that there's a God in heaven that can take and still save the sinner. I believe that there's a God in heaven that can still heal the sick. I believe that there's still a God in heaven that can take and, and do all of these things that he did in this Bible in our own lives and even to this day that we can see it. 
So what are you trying to say? When the enemy comes against you, when the enemy comes against you, you can take and you can do just like Moses did. What do you mean what Moses did? You see, Moses, there in about chapter, verses 13, he begins to take and he begins to shout out about the power of God. But then he takes and he prays for God to move. I boasted tonight about how good God is and about how powerful he is. Begin to praise him. Just begin to ask him. Well, what do I need to ask him? Well, if you ain't saved, that's the first thing you need to do. You need to ask him to come into your heart. That's the first step. And then after that, I believe that we can begin to ask him to take and save those around us. To help us in our situations, to help us through our storms, to help us through our trials, to help us through our heartache. He's a God big enough to help save. If you don't mind, can you come to the piano?